The Gospel Shaped Home Podcast is a family discipleship resource from Providence Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina that aims to equip you and your family to be on mission with God to the end of the street and the ends of the earth. Hey, welcome back to part two of Brian and I's conversation with Carl and Shanna Moss. We're talking about Dave Harvey's book, I Still Do. Uh, We're talking about defining moment number five, when your spouse suffers, when your spouse suffers. And uh, hope you were encouraged by the first part of our conversation with Carl and Shanna. And uh, I think you will be encouraged by this next part as well. So thanks for joining. He, uh, you know, he transitions to... Okay, what do you do when your spouse suffers? And he gives five exhortations. So maybe we'll, let's walk through these. It's really, really helpful. I may say this every week. I don't know. But like, I think this chapter is worth the price of the book. Uh, these pages, really, uh, these five uh, sections. I mean, I, I underlined and highlighted and wrote notes about so many things. There's no way we talk about it all here. But he, uh, the first thing he says is step in, mm-hmm. right? First step in. Why does he say that? Well, I mean, he, he follows that up with, with the reality that suffering people feel alone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I you know, <clears throat> um, we've talked about this in other, uh, other podcasts walking through this book. Uh, isolation is a weird thing. It, it, um, it, it I mean, I say weird. I mean, it, it, it's a damaging thing to feel alone, to be alone and to feel alone is really, really hard. And, um, my hope would be like in this, like step in, he's reminding us, uh, that, uh, that even if we don't have answers, because the stepping in and isn't, isn't meaning step in and have all the answers to what's going on. The stepping in means engage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think about, uh, the, uh, um, what's the, the movie, um, with the, the family that's the, um, uh, the Incredibles. Oh, yeah. And they're at the dinner table and, uh, you know, chaos is ensuing. And she looks at her husband and says, engage, Bob, engage. <laughs> like, I think that's that's my picture of what stepping in is like quit, you know, like lean in, be present, uh, be active in in being a part of what's going on, not to answer the question or fix anything, but just to 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 be there, the, the ministry of presence. Yeah, that reminds me, we, we've not lost a child, but we had gr- great friends who lost a child uh, very young. And she said something that's always stuck with me, is don't be afraid to talk about something that I think about every day and will never forget. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So in the midst of whatever suffering it is, don't be afraid to talk about it. Sure. He, he quotes... James one nineteen, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, and any kind of, you know, he, he looks at the example of Job's friends who said they did a great job, they nailed it until they opened their mouths, right? They yep. were there for seven days quiet, mourning with him, but then they, they messed up when they started speaking. But he says, show up, sit down, and listen well, right? That helps, it helps the sufferer know that we want to hear their heart, that mm-hmm. we, you know, it, um, you know, asking questions enhances clarity, it, it shows that we are you know, we're there to bear burdens with them, for them. And I, I think going back to um, the first chapter that we talked about, um, which was actually chapter two, but um, talking about the circles and suffering magnifies all those influences. Yeah. And part of being present, present and that was kind of going back to that 20-year mark, um, we realized that, some of the ways we were dealing with suffering kind of went back to those influences, those family influences, those fears we had, the genetic predispositions we had. Um, 
Was Carl still yes. afraid to give you a hug? Ah, uh, uh, well, when I'm suffering, the way we dealt with illnesses or the way we dealt with fears um, did go back to the way we we were when we were sick or when yeah. we were dealing with things. His family was more okay. You just go and you be by yourself, and we'll let you be. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I will say, even I mean, Shanna suffers from chronic migraines and has for uh, almost our entire marriage. It's interesting. We got married and migraines. I don't, I don't know if that's related, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I, I will say my response is just, just go lay down, just be by yourself. Right. That's kind of my response. But when, I mean, when my family was ill, um, it's, you know, you, what do you need? What can I fix you? Um, what can yeah. I do for you? And, you know, a special heating pad or special tea or Do you want me to like sit that. with you? Or, yeah. yeah. So it was more a, a presence. Sure. And so it's been a lot of sanctifying moments and discussions because sometimes when he was ill, or a lot of times when he was ill at the beginning, you know, he'd be like, leave me alone. I, I just <laughs> want to be left alone if, if I was not. And, but I'm like, I'm a nurse. And so I'm built to care and yeah. comfort and like so it was a rejection of me mm-hmm. and what are you doing telling me to leave you alone yeah. and and for for him leaving me alone it's what he doesn't care about me he doesn't care that i'm suffering he doesn't love me so yeah a yeah. lot of working through that and like brian said when you're suffering you already feel like you're isolated you already feel like you're alone and especially as a mom and as a wife, you have this added guilt that you are not doing what you are supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And when you're in ministry and you want to be serving, and then you're not able to serve either, and then you're alone. Yeah. And so lots of processing over the years about that. Sure. And, and Carl has been good once we've been able to work through that of helping me to see, you know, you're not defined by your works. You're not defined by what you do, which I know that in my head, but when you're lying in bed and you're not able to even care for yourself or care for your family or care for your husband, which is your heart's desire, it's, it's a tough place to be because, you know, you know, in your head that you're not, he doesn't call you to do works, but you want to, do works because you love him and you love your husband and you love your children. Yeah. That's good. Well, the second, second exhortation is trust God to use you. And, you know, he, here he, um, he really draws on, uh, a few verses in second Corinthians chapter one. Uh, he, you know, he says, if you feel like you're inadequate and if you think, I, I don't know, exactly what to do or what to say. I don't know, understand exactly how you're suffering. He says, then you're, you've met the first qualification for being helpful, right? right? He said, it's actually, if you're overconfident that you become problematic, right? It's counterintuitive. If you think you understand ex- everything and you have all the answers, then you, you probably should go back to step one and listen more. Um, uh, but he, he looks at first second Corinthians one, uh, where he calls God uh, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction 
so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Now, uh, I read all that because it's going to come up basically for the whole rest of the chapter. Right. Um, it, it becomes kind of the, uh, a lot of the key ideas. Um, um, uh, but, you know, the first, the, the, you know, the key step is, is trusting that God can use you. Uh, he, he, um, yeah, he, he uses insufficient, less than perfect, broken instruments to get his work done always. Um, so there's great confidence there for us. Well, I think, um, all the suffering you go through, I mean, everything in your life is part of your story. And, um, I'm, I'm always reminded, don't be afraid to share your story because other people are going through similar or the same things. And that's the way God can use you. I, I, um, nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. Mm -hmm. Like I, uh, I read this passage and, um, and there are others that remind me of that Romans eight. Um, there's a place in Romans eight that, uh, reminds me of that reality because of the biggest circle that we talked about in chapter two, God's providence, his sovereign hand at work, there's nothing that is wasted, um, even our suffering. Amen. I mean, that's pretty remarkable. I would say especially, and especially suffering. our suffering. Yeah. And that's kind of Paul's point in 2 Corinthians 1, yeah. right, is that the comfort with which God comforts us, we comfort others, yeah. right? And so he... This is where, uh, really, we're kind of talking about the second and third exhortation here, because he says, you know, the third thing is to remember the circles, which, you know, both what you said, Shanna, that everything kind of becomes more significant when you're suffering. But he says, remember mostly that largest circle, which right. Brian just yep. referenced, that God is sovereignly working, superintending every event and moving it forward for our good, right? So mm-hmm. he says some pretty... Uh, crazy things. I wrote, whoa. Uh, I mean, I know this, but it's like, we've got to get this is that sometimes God gives us affliction to supply comfort and compassion to other people. Mm -hmm. Something you've gone through in the past or are going through now is a gift from God designed to help you bless and care for your spouse and others in the future. Um, You know, he says there are times when it feels like, uh, shifting gears without a clutch, mm-hmm. right? There's just grinding and um, and it hurts, but it's so that we would be a vessel to carry that comfort to others. He, he uses this, you know, he makes a distinction that he doesn't, God doesn't want us to be comfort consumers, but comfort carriers, right? We receive it from him and we pass it on to others. Mm-hmm. I think the important thing there to remember is you need to choose to let God use that. That's right. right. If if you never share what's going on in your life, if you've never shared the sufferings that you've gone through, mm. it's hard it's hard to be used. Well, if you to take a step back from that, if you've never looked at those things that you've experienced as purposeful mm-hmm. by God to show his sufficiency to provide what you're lacking, 
uh, mm-hmm. to meet you at your point of need, to care well for you, to in, to give you endurance to get through. If you never do that, you'll never get to the next step, which is God may have actually brought me, brought this to me and brought me through it in order that I might serve someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and another aspect of that, and I struggle with this, um, I've struggled with it almost my whole life and Shannon's touched on this, but if I am suffering in some way, I have a hard time accepting help. And I've, I've come to realize that's denying someone the opportunity to bless me mm-hmm. and to minister to me. Um, and that's, that's not good either. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it's self-centered like right. I mean, I and I and I can relate to that. And, and did you just call Carl self? I did, and then I was like, man, that sounded pretty hard. I was going to say it's pride. I said, brother, you're proud. Right. You don't want to be helped by right, anymore. right? Because what Preach. you're yeah, what you're saying is <laughs> what you're saying is you can do it on your own. I don't need anyone else to invest right, in me. Exactly. And and it is this fallacy in life that that we have any of that. In we talked about ourselves. that last time, right? Rugged individualism. Yes. Do we need the church? Yeah. Right. And and so um, yes, so. But you're denying other people to use their gifts. Exactly. And yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. So you're just shutting it down. Yeah. So he makes a really good point, right? We, uh, as suffer, when we suffer, when our spouse suffers, um, there is a comfort that's horizontal. I understand. I care. I'm here. But ultimately, what sufferers need is the vertical comfort. God mm. understands. Mm. God cares. And he says, you know, he often, because there's so many images of God in the Bible, so many illustrations to help us understand uh, who he is and what he's like. You know, I say that in quotes because he's not like anything. Ultimately, like nothing's like God. Um, but, uh, you know, we, if we think exclusively of potter and clay, right, vessel and vessels being broken, then he can seem kind of distant. But uh, he says, uh, sufferers need to know that our crucified God is different, right? Uh, He's not aloof from our afflictions. He's not far from our sufferings. So that leads us into the fourth exhortation, which is to share God's story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, I I mean, I, for me in this whole chapter, I know this, but just to see it again on, on these pages, you know, uh, God knows our suffering. Mm-hmm. Not he knows about it. He doesn't look in. This is a point. He doesn't look in on it. It is his story. He sent Christ to suffer so that we might not, so we might understand that we aren't alone. But even greater than that, he sent Christ to suffer so that we would not ultimately suffer in the ways that we actually Deserve. Deserve, right? Yeah. Right, and that's God's story. I mean, when he says share God's story, it's it's the story of the gospel and the fact that our Savior is not, uh, is not a high priest who cannot sympathize with us. Mm-hmm. He took the sins we committed yeah. and accepted the punishment we deserve to offer a mercy mm-hmm. we cannot comprehend, right? Yeah. And he says it's not just the removal of guilt, uh, the problem of sin— but it's, it's even uh, comforting us in our affliction and our pain while we're still in this world, right? All comfort was removed from Christ so that we might be comforted and be able to comfort one another. Yeah, because all mm-hmm. of those things are the effects of sin, mm-hmm. right? 
all, all of the afflictions that we that that we absorb, they're the they are the one off of our sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you're a nurse, Shanna. Yep. Carl, you're an engineer. I don't, I'm not a geologist and I don't know that I know any geologists well, but like, I don't understand how springs work. He talks yeah. about Wakula Springs that he and his wife visited. It says 200 to 300 million gallons of water per day pour out of the spring and it just doesn't run dry. He, call, he says it's like it's an endless supply and he uses it as an illustration of the comfort that God gives in Christ through the gospel. Mm. It doesn't run out. Mm-hmm. It's not meager. It's not limited. 200 to 300 million gallons of water a day coming out of Wakula Springs is but a shadow of the immensity of the comfort that God gives in Christ to those who trust him. So we should meditate on God's story and we should help sufferers. We should point them graciously and patiently to God's story. And finally, he says, look for God's opportunity. So what's he getting at here? Look for God's opportunity. Well, I just, I mean, for me, I was just thinking of as we, um, as we walk through suffering, looking for opportunity to, as Brian said, point to the gospel, point to ways that you can comfort, um, just point to when, point to God's providence, Mm -hmm. point to the hope that we have in him Mm -hmm. that he is going to use this point to ultimately the hope that we have that this world is not our home. And well, I think he wants to to remind us to get our head out of the focusing on the suffering. Yeah. yeah. Right. That can be all consuming. And Chan and I have both been there. It's 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 a hard place to be. Yeah. But you can't just dwell solely on the suffering. That's like like we've mentioned, it's not the point. Yeah. No, that's that's good. I mean, he says there's a tendency to turn inward as it be, it begins to occupy all of our conversational space, and we we almost feel defined by this trial and the suffering we're going through. And he's saying if we have this vision of God and His grace and the fact that He sovereignly gives us opportunities to suffer so that we might be a comfort to others, it's there should be a sense of hopefulness in this. Of this is really hard. And we would not have chosen this, but how is our God going to use this to magnify his son and to magnify his grace and to provide comfort and hope to others, right? He says, God tucks extraordinary opportunities into the center of suffering. Mm. Uh, Yeah, we just, I just think of just the issue with Carl's um, kidneys and just so many blessings that came from that and so many opportunities we had to share of God's goodness and, you know, just even Carl's doctor, um, just the way that all came about and God's sovereign hand in that. I mean, we could only point to God's sovereign hand in him having the doctor he did. Um, one of our friends looked up um, a YouTube of this doctor when he was in med school, and he talked about a 55-year-old man who would come into his office one day, and he, because of the skill that he had been given, by the, I don't think he said by the Lord, but the skill he had been given, he would be able to um, help this man and help him live a, a full life. Well, Carl was 55 when he was diagnosed, and we just, you know, were assigned to this doctor one morning when this we suddenly found this. And so there was just this 
innate connection with this doctor. Mm -hmm. And we didn't know any of this until after he had already been in the hospital for maybe a couple days. And so we had all these other multi-level connections with this doctor through another relative and through Carl's doctor at SAS. And so it just, the more we got to know about his doctor, the more we could see God's hand and being able to pray with him and for him was just, just one of the opportunities that we had to see God's blessing and God's care and be able to share God's comfort, not only with other people, but also with his doctor. Yeah. Praise God. Mm -hmm. Do you get like a, you know, pay for one, get 50% off when you do two kidneys at once. Like, yeah, it was, it was a BOGO. BOGO went free. I wasn't sure. You had to go in twice, like week yeah. one, like Tuesday, the next Tuesday or something, right? Yeah. Two, two separate surgeries. Two separate surgeries. Man. Okay. Sorry. I just couldn't resist that. There's, there's so many jokes you can make with, with uh, you know, kidney stuff. But, and as you um, can see, he has no filter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I probably wouldn't joke about it if Carl doesn't joke about it so much. You know, if you weren't already there, um, I wouldn't. But. Well, and I think that that really brings up an excellent point is uh, both Shannon and I try to be very open and transparent about the suffering that we've gone through yeah. so that we can talk about it with other people, um, whether that's the same suffering or different suffering, but it's suffering nonetheless, yeah. right? And it's it's good to be open and talk about that. So I would encourage those who are listening to share your struggles, share your suffering. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Well, any other final encouragements from anyone around the table before we wrap this one up? God is good all the time. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, thank you guys for being here. It's been a blessing to me, and I hope that it is a blessing to you, our listeners. I hope you're encouraged just by hearing of God's kindness and grace and purposeful sovereignty, even in our suffering. And and uh, I hope that you've been encouraged by hearing from Carl and Shanna, hearing from Dave Harvey through this book. And I hope that you will rest uh, in his... Uh, in the God of all comfort. Catch you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Shaped Home Podcast, produced by Providence Baptist Church of Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information and resources from Providence, visit us online at pray.org. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts.